Are you being true to yourself? It's a loaded question. And if the answer is, I'm not really sure, that's normal. In your busy life, it's easy and completely human to feel pulled in a dozen different directions. From romantic relationships, to family dynamics, to your job and your creative dreams. But if you get bogged down by the demands of daily life and it leads you to stray from the center of your heart, you can lose sight of your true self. And when you lose sight of who you are, your connection to the divine also suffers. And this is because your experience of the sacred and your connection to God starts within your own heart. The way to realign yourself with the true self you're called to be begins with connecting with your most authentic, sincere self, your soul. It all begins with you. If that feels like an overwhelming task, then the good news is you don't have to walk this path alone. Thousands of spiritual seekers and mystics have walked this path before you. We look to the wisdom of the sixth beatitude for guidance. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Through exploration and understanding of this beatitude, you can sift through the distractions and demands of your life and tap into what matters most to you. I'm Nina Hielenda, Franciscan sister, spiritual director, and founder of Dancing Spirit Tours. It wasn't that long ago that I lacked the self-awareness and inner freedom to grow my relationship with the divine. Fast forward past a lot of lessons learned, I now have a spirituality that gives me more joy, meaning, and connection than I ever thought possible. I created the Holy Rebels podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies to help you trust your gut, develop your intuition, and stay grounded when life gets hard. If you're a spiritual seeker or a mystic in the making, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Holy Rebels podcast. I'm so happy you're here, and I can't wait to talk to you about my favorite beatitude today. Before we get started, I want to read a review left by Mark from Canada. Mark says, Profound. This podcast helps me explore my spirituality in an open-minded, non-denominational way. Nina helps me contextualize my own spiritual journey and map a way forward. If you find yourself here now, I highly recommend giving this podcast a listen. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate your kind words, and I'm so glad that you're finding a map forward. We're exploring a series about eight keys to happiness, also known as the Beatitudes. Each beatitude is an invitation to connect personally with the divine and experience more joy, more purpose, and more fulfillment in your life. This is a nine-part series. I recommend listening in order. The introduction is episode number eight. You can scroll back and find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this show now. The Beatitudes are at the very core of spirituality. They're guiding principles that transcend religion 
and speak to the heart of our humanity. They're not about following a set of rules or dogmas, but rather about embracing happiness, true happiness, the kind of happiness that doesn't depend on external circumstances or material possessions. Rather, they're internal attitudes and spiritual values that we can cultivate within ourselves. They invite us to shift our perspective and find happiness in unexpected places, even in the midst of difficulty. Today we're discussing the sixth beatitude. This is my very favorite one, and I think it'll become evident why. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. What does it mean to be pure of heart? Pure of heart is another way of saying authentic. When you're real with yourself, when you're honest about who you are, then you're not sending confusing signals to the universe about what you want to create. What you say and what you do has to align. Your motives must be transparent. When you make a mistake, you're quick to repair because you trust yourself. You don't have anything to hide. When you live from that place of authenticity, then naturally you'll trust others are doing the same. You'll see other people's good intentions more easily. You'll see goodness, love, and joy. In other words, you will see God. Mother Teresa said, Keep your heart pure. A pure heart is necessary to see God in one another. And if you see God in one another, there is love for one another. And then there is peace. When you're authentic, you hear from God more quickly, which is like another way of saying your intuition is crystal clear. You discern things more easily. You won't be filled with muddied confusion because you know yourself. Your heart is the deepest part of you. It's the center of your life, your consciousness, and your activity. The heart is the organizing principle of your entire life. So what has your heart? To whom does your heart belong? I'm sure there are a lot of things in your heart, a whole range of interests and passions, family, loved ones, agreements, values. There are many commitments of the heart. But where does your heart truly belong? Where do you place the allegiance of your heart? What does the deepest organizing center of your life belong to? If your heart belongs to anything that's of this world, you might like to look at your spirituality. At first, you might think of someone you love and think your heart belongs to them. Or you might think of a creative pursuit, a passion, nature, or your vocation, and you might imagine that your heart belongs to that. But chances are there's something deeper than what's on the surface. There's a greater love that your heart belongs to beyond this beautiful person or this passion or pursuit, beyond this world. 
And just to clarify, it's essential to love the things of this world, okay? This is not about being a Puritan. The material world is wonderful. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's a gift meant to be savored with all our senses. But your heart should not belong to this world. The deepest organizing central principle of your life must belong to the divine alone. Then the rest of your life will fall into right order. Your friendships, your relationships, your work, passions, everything that you could possibly do and love in this world finds its right order around the center that is the divine. So ask yourself, to whom or what does my heart belong? And be honest, my friend, because it's tempting to ask this question in this way. It's tempting to say, to whom or what would I like my heart to belong? Get real with yourself. Be authentic in your answer so that you're not deluding yourself. Most of us, to some degree, tend to have divided hearts at best. If you're really in a bad spiritual space, your heart belongs to money. It belongs to your image on social media. It belongs to your political party, to this world. That would mean that you're in a really bad space. More likely, your heart is torn between two paths, maybe, two choices. You might be saying to yourself, Yes, my heart does belong to the divine, but it also belongs a little bit to my image, or that nice car that I want, or that promotion. I'm attached to those things. Well, that's a divided heart, my friend, and too much strain on the heart long-term causes us to act against our sense of integrity and forget who we are. Because when we care too much about superficial things and that attachment takes us over and starts to determine our actions, that's when we're not in our hearts anymore. That's a divided heart. It doesn't mean don't care about your image, don't try to get that promotion or that car. It just means don't invest in those things so much that they take over who you are. How blessed are the single-hearted, those whose hearts belong to God. They shall see God in all things. Now, does this mean you can't have any interests whatsoever outside of your spirituality? Do you need to float on a cloud and be a pure being? No, of course not. It means that your heart belongs to God and all the other things and people and interests in your life find their place around that great organizing center. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. It means aligned with the universe are those whose lives radiate from a core of love, for they shall recognize the face of God everywhere. It means healthy are those whose passion is electrified by deep, abiding purpose, for they shall see the divine in all things. It means happy are those who are tapped into a source of joy that's beyond this world, 
for they shall bring true meaning into the here and now. What's it like when your heart belongs to something or someone other than the divine? There's a section in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, and it's super dramatic, but if you've ever gone through a directionless, joyless phase of your life, then this rings true. It says, The one whose heart turns from the divine is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste and empty earth. Well, that's depressing. It reminds me of a pathetic houseplant that hasn't been watered in a long time. You look at it and you say, well, I guess that's a plant, but I can't really recognize its vitality or its life. Well, if your heart belongs to something or someone other than God, that's you. You dry up. You become lifeless. You've got to throw that one out and get a new one and then take better care of your houseplants. It's sad, but a lot of us are like that. We're like these dead houseplants that look like human beings but have no life in us. We have no life because we haven't hooked our hearts, our deepest center, onto the source of life. I don't know why this language stays in my mind, but lava waste and empty earth. It feels that way, doesn't it? We know exactly what that feels like, don't we? Sometimes it's actually at our greatest heights in the eyes of the world that we feel at our worst. High achievers, celebrities, and business leaders talk about this. Maybe we've achieved a milestone in our career, but we're completely empty inside because of what we've had to sacrifice to get there. The world thinks you're a big deal. Everyone is congratulating you. People think you're doing great. But you know your heart isn't in the right place. Your life force feels like that dried-up houseplant. If you recognize yourself in this image, don't worry. You can turn this around. Blessed are the pure of heart. What do you do? Well, you plant your roots in the real, in true happiness. A happiness that defies reason. Be like a tree planted beside the stream that stretches out its roots into the water. You don't fear the heat because when the dry weather comes, your leaves stay green. When a drought comes, you bear fruit. Your roots reach right into the water, the source of life, so that even when the drought comes, even when the dry season comes, you thrive. So failure comes. Sickness comes. The death of a loved one comes. A sense of futility at work comes. Fine. Fine. You're okay because you're planted near running water. Your heart belongs to God. The essence of the eight keys to happiness is coming together now. So let's do a review. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Why are we saying that poor people are blessed? Think about it like this. 
You are blessed if you don't trust in material wealth. Don't plant yourself, your life, next to that hopelessly dry stream. You're not hoping or trusting in a superficial, empty, lifeless reality of the material world. How lucky, fortunate, how happy you are if you're not grounding your whole life in materialism. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be satisfied. What are we doing here? Why are we glorifying physical hunger? No, we're not. It means how happy are you, how blessed, how lucky you are, if your heart does not belong to the sensual pleasure of this world. Is that an enticing thing? Don't we want to enjoy the stuff of this world? Yes. Yes, we absolutely do. But on your deathbed, you're going to look back at the precious intangible memories. The time you spent with your children, how hard you loved, how much you laughed, and what's truly meaningful to you. Look around. A lot of our modern society is based on the most basic desires for food, youth, wealth, sexuality. But that's a lava waste and empty earth. That's a dried-up houseplant that will leave you profoundly unsatisfied at the level of your heart. Blessed are those who mourn, for you, you will laugh. So what now? Are we glorifying depression? No, we're not. How lucky are you? How blessed are you if you're not grounding and rooting your life in good feelings? You know, good feelings are great when we have them, but good feelings come and go. Sometimes you wake up in a good mood, other days you wake up in a bad mood. Sometimes feelings correspond to what's objectively happening in your life, and other times they don't. Sometimes this thing really makes you happy, and other times that thing makes you moderately happy, and other times it makes no difference. Feelings come and go. But there are a lot of people in our society who are addicted very deeply to feeling good. They'll do anything to produce good feelings. Good feelings in themselves are wonderful, but the truth is they come and go. But your heart, your deepest center, the organizing principle of your life needs to be grounded not in ephemeral passing states of mind, but in the divine. Otherwise, you're a dried-up houseplant. Okay, so that's the psychological, spiritual level of this beatitude. I want to go one step deeper into the metaphysical, the science of being. When we speak about this beatitude as a mystical truth, then a pure heart is like magic. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. It's like an incantation. Here's what I mean. When your heart belongs to the real, you become a co-creator with God. When your heart is aligned with the heart of God, you become a powerful force in shaping your own reality and evolving towards your highest potential. Your heart is no longer driven by the ego or worldly needs, but instead it's rooted in divine love. 
an all-encompassing, synthesizing force that transcends the limitations of your current physical existence. It's not about wanting or absorbing, but about becoming and expanding. How do you know if your heart belongs to God? Here's how you know. Listen up. This is important. You know your heart belongs to the divine when you start to embody the very thing you yearn for. When you long for peace, your actions and your thoughts begin to reflect peacefulness. A desire for healing plants the seeds of wellness within you. If you yearn for forgiveness, your heart becomes softer, opening doors for empathy and understanding. The more you yearn for divine love in your heart, the more it manifests within you, strengthening your connection with the universe and guiding you towards your true essence. When your heart is aligned with the heart of God, abundance cascades forth and blesses your life. The mind of your heart, your heart mind, is infinitely more powerful than the scarcity and contradiction of this world. The ability for the kingdom of heaven, so to speak, to express itself here now, depends entirely on your courage and on your strength to align yourself fully with your heart of hearts, and that is, with the heart of God. Because God's heart and your heart are actually the same heart. Pure of heart is about becoming a congruent human being, which means that your sense of self-esteem is rooted in personal integrity and you don't need to prove your self-worth. Pure of heart means that your intuitive guidance works in harmony with your intellectual and emotional resources. Pure of heart means that you are someone who is highly attuned and respectful of the energetic feedback that's constantly being channeled through all your biological channels. Pure of heart means that you seek truth rather than fear it. It means that you live the truth of who you are. There's a hermit named Macarius who lived in the desert in Egypt 1800 years ago, and he said, the heart governs and reigns over the whole body. When grace possesses the ranges of the heart, it rules over all the activities and all the thoughts. For there in your heart is the heart mind. Within the heart mind, there are unfathomable depths. In the heart, there is death. In the heart, there is life. The heart is God's palace. All things are in your heart. I love that quote. This is the power of living with a pure heart. When you live with integrity, your mind, your emotions, your actions, everything is in alignment. You're living from a place of authenticity and truth rather than from a place of fear and external validation. Pure of heart means you allow grace to flow through you seamlessly towards your highest potential. 
I would love to share a story with you about the amazing mystic, Augustine. Augustine grows up in a small town in northern Africa, in what is today Tunisia. It's the 4th century, so the place to be is Carthage. It's the metropolis of the day. And when he's 15, Augustine is the equivalent of a high school senior about to leave home and go off to college. And he can't wait for all the boundaries to be removed. In his famous memoir, Confessions, Augustine writes, I burned to get my fill of evil things. I dared to run wild and different in the darksome ways of love. You can hear the passionate energy, but I burned to get my fill of evil things. <laughs> it's, it's not a healthy spiritual energy. <laughs> His imagination is filled with sensual delights, promiscuity, and all the rest. And Augustine goes to Carthage. He does brilliantly in his studies, and he fulfills his most debaucherous dreams. And he does this for the next 20 years. But then something starts to happen. Augustine's heart feels empty. He's anxious and unsatisfied. There's an overwhelming impulse to get his fill of pleasure which dominates over the years, but at the same time, there's a growing inner bitterness that will not leave him at peace. One day, Augustine is sitting at home with his close friend, and his friend tells a story, as friends do, with no idea what this is going to do in Augustine's heart. His friend says, There were these two minor officials in the emperor's court today, they decided to resign and devote their lives to helping the poor. Can you believe that? As he listens to this story, Augustine can't help but compare himself to these two men. How can it be? He's tried year after year to change his life, to turn his heart towards God. And here are these two officials who hear God's call and immediately respond to it? How is that possible? Augustine feels a longing to change. It's like an inner twisting, almost like chains are restraining him interiorly, preventing him from following his calling. It's the familiar inner tug of war of a divided heart. Have you ever felt that way? A longing to move forward towards love, towards goodness? and something that's holding you back in your old life of habitual self-sabotage? Augustine hears his inner critic tell him, You'll never do this. You're too weak. You're stupid. But something else happens too. And Augustine describes it in his memoir this way. He says, I turned my eyes elsewhere, and while I stood... Trembling at the barrier on the other side, I could feel the purity of the angel of comfort in all her serene joy. She modestly beckoned to me to cross over the barrier and hesitate no more. She stretched out her loving hands to welcome and embrace me, and I reached for her. Hmm. 
Something has changed in the experience here. The burden for Augustine is washed out, and something gentle, warm, strengthening, and loving has come into its place. The angel smiles at Augustine and says, Do you think these other men and women who follow God find their strength within themselves? No, they find their courage in God. Augustine feels a storm of tears welling up inside his heart, and he runs out to the courtyard, and he flings himself under a fig tree and cries out, How long will I go on, saying tomorrow and tomorrow, Why not now? Why not now? And Augustine resolves to change his life. He goes inside and he tells his mother he will no longer live a life of self-betrayal. It's a beautiful moment when we see the human heart finally stop running from God. From this experience, Augustine concludes, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. How lucky you are, how happy, how blessed you are if you make your heart at home in God. Hmm. This conversation raises for all of us this question. To whom or what does your heart belong? Ask yourself, what is my deepest center? Unless you belong to God, you become that dried-up houseplant. But if your heart is rooted in the real, the eternal love that penetrates all things, then you thrive. It's amazing the message of love that the Beatitudes offer. My hope is that you know that you are immensely loved and deserving of true happiness, despite the struggles and challenges you might be facing in your life right now. Remember that you always have an innate ability to find true fulfillment and happiness. Let your heart make its home in the divine. My friend, I'd like to leave you with a gorgeous soliloquy by Carl Rayner. It's called Bury the Questions, and it reminds me of this beatitude. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Here it is. God of my life, only in love can I find you. In love, the gates of my soul spring open, allowing me to breathe in a new air of freedom and forget my own petty self. In love, my whole being streams forth out of the rigid confines of narrowness and anxious self-assertion, which make me a prisoner of my own poverty and emptiness. In love, all the powers of my soul flow out towards you, wanting never more to return, but to lose themselves completely in you. Since by your love, you are the inmost center of my heart. 
closer to me than I am to myself. But when I love you, when I manage to break out of the narrow circle of self and leave behind my restless agony of unanswered questions, when my blinded eyes no longer merely look from afar and from the outside upon your unapproachable brightness, and much more when you yourself, O incomprehensible one, have become, through love, the inmost center of my life, then I can bury myself entirely in you, O mysterious God, and with myself, all my questions. Amen. My friend, I have a gift for you. It's a masterclass called Three Keys to Unlock Your Connection to the Divine. Normally this is $97, but you can grab it right now for free at mysticalspirituality.com. This masterclass will help you listen to your intuition, trust your gut, and embody these spiritual principles into your life. It's a 40-minute video lesson, and you get a beautiful workbook filled with journal prompts and practical exercises for being a better human. Go to mysticalspirituality.com and get it for free. See you next week for the seventh key to happiness. The seventh beatitude is the mother of all beatitudes. It's the fruition of your spiritual growth. Hit subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You're going to love it. Until next week, my friend, you deserve happiness. Trust the mystic within you.